You're listening to the Doc Lounge Podcast. This is a place for candid conversations with the healthcare industry's top physicians, executives, and thought leaders. This podcast is made possible by Pacific Companies, your trusted advisor in physician recruitment. I am one of your hosts, Cameron Steinheimer, and I am the marketing manager here at Pacific Companies. Welcome to the Doc Lounge Podcast, hosted by Pacific Companies. As part of our Crazy Cases series, we listen to some of the nation's leading physicians and healthcare executives relive some of their most exciting and challenging cases. Today, we will be talking to Dr. Tayeb, a physiatrist and founder of the Pain Specialist of Cincinnati and the Laser Regenerative Center. He is also the author of the upcoming book, The Pandemic of Pain. Dr. Tayeb will be discussing a very interesting patient case. Chris Call is joining me as co-host. Chris is a partner in EVP of corporate training at Pacific Companies. I would like to thank Dr. Tayeb for speaking with us and sharing his fascinating case. Obviously, no HIPAA violations, no names, and personal patient details will be disclosed. And with that, we will go ahead and kick off this crazy case episode. Well, Dr. Tayeb, once again, thanks for being here. And I wanted to just start out by saying, when did you decide to, or when did you know you wanted to be a physiatrist, much less do additional training in, in pain? If you could tell us that story first. Oh, wow. Yeah, I can definitely talk about that like all day long. I felt like it was a calling. When I started off, I, uh, I was a young kid. And my, my grandfather was, you know, very ill and, uh, he always just kind of called me his little doctor cause I was always guy by his bedside. Right. And, um, so I was always kind of helping, kind of taking care of him. He had like heart disease, kidney disease. Um, and then just like a whole other slew, slew of issues. And so, uh, but he was like a really strong guy and he was kind of like my inspiration for just a lot of things I ended up doing. So that was kind of like my first little intro to it. And then my mom actually ended up developing, you know, different forms of like chronic pain but was able to work through life and continue to just kind of, you know, struggle through everything. And as we kind of became a little bit more knowledgeable about things as, as time went on, you know, she started to get better, but it wasn't where exactly where I would have thought, you know, I would want to be if I was in that situation. And of course she's my mother. And so I wouldn't have wanted her to be in that situation either. And so I started searching. So I got into medicine. I loved every field. And then when when I learned about TMNR or physical medicine and rehabilitation or becoming a physiatrist, it spoke to me because it wasn't just about medicine or tweaking a blood pressure or adjusting a cholesterol medication so that you can lower your lipid profile. Everything about physiatry is about function. So you make adjustments so that the person can become more functional. And then you were working with a group of people. Right? You were working with physical therapists, occupational therapists, recreational therapists, speech therapists. So you were basically working with a whole team. And having been you know, like a former athlete, I, I got into the whole aspect of, well, okay, well, now you can be a quarterback of a team. So that was another intriguing part about being in this type of field. Of course, as a physiatrist, there was, there was a diagnosis component, and then there was a lot of delegation and referring things out, and then you would do some of the medical management. But I was a very hands-on individual. And so that's where I got into my spine pain and sports or interventional spine pain and sports fellowship and then started doing the pain management aspect of things. So it became a lot more hands-on. I loved surgery. Like, and I kind of alluded to that I love pretty much all the fields. And I felt that this was the calling because it allowed me to be able to still learn, understand, and appreciate all forms of medicine but to be able to use it with a purpose, which is, I believe, the whole purpose of life is, is to be more functional. 
And then I've also got a book that I'm tr you know, putting together. I've got a series of books that I'm actually trying to write, but right now I'm just at, at the second one. And you know, the whole thing or the premise of it is to become a better individual spiritually, mentally, physically, emotionally, sexually, and then material slash financial. That's kind of like the, the basis of it. And that's why I feel like this is, uh, this is where it's at. Well, I thought that was a good intro. Thank you. Because we're here to discuss today um, a crazy case that you came in across. So if you could tell us, you know, maybe a little backstory of the patient, what was the complaint and just kind of take it from there and we'll see where it goes. So I, I think when we talk about crazy cases, and I've done this before, sometimes I think that depending on how you look at it, it can become crazy, right? So you can go as deep as you want, right? I'm not going to you know, put down any, any type of field or profession. Sometimes I wonder why people get PhDs in certain things that they do, you know, uh, but you know, you can delve really deep into something and really, you know, find crazy things. So sometimes, you know, you, you're looking at a lot of the basics, the fundamentals, you're looking at what we call like the bread and butter or, you know, the routine, the routine cases. And then kind of within that, that case, you may find a zebra or something that just kind of makes it all kind of fit together. And so I've had like some experience with kind of dealing with these types of cases. And so this is not just, you know, one specific, I mean, I'm bringing up one specific case today, uh, but it's kind of a depiction of like how I believe a lot of other medicine should be practiced. So without further ado, I would just go on and tell you that uh, I was dealing with a, uh, you know, like about a 40, 45 year old gentleman uh, who basically presented with low back pain, buttock pain, and uh, just kind of being worn out. He was a, uh, he was a businessman you know, hardworking individual. And then over the last few years, he was just noticing a decline with his performance. Yes, he came in for his pain. It was being managed in some ways. He never felt it was adequately controlled. Didn't feel like he ever had like a, like a true diagnosis and that people were just kind of poking and prodding and kind of putting him on different types of medications to alleviate different symptoms. Some of the symptoms that he experienced, occasional spasms in the back, occasional numbness and tingling down into the legs. He would also then sometimes have issues with sleeping. Sometimes he just felt weaker. Sexual function wasn't as good. And he just was, you know, feeling like he was, you know, just feeling defeated with life. Taking some of those clues, okay, yes, I've got pain or I've got this going on. But, you know, when you take a step back, you kind of hear nothing particularly kind of showed up on exam. You had a pretty you know, benign exam. You examine a few things. Yeah, a little sore in a couple of different spots. No no red flags, no uh, you know, positive straight leg raise or anything of that sort. And so there was nothing too special on exam, but as I was going through his review of systems, you know, all the way from fatigue to complaints about like sexual function, not wanting, you know, just not making it through the day, lack of motivation, you know, starting to have some like issues with memory, shouldn't really happen too much at right around like, you know, 40, 45 years old, ideally speaking, but yeah. <laughs> things are changing in life right now, right? Mm -hmm. There's a lot, you know, a lot of things, a lot of things that were happening, you know, that used to happen to 40, 50 and 60 year olds are happening now to 20, 30 and 40 year olds. And there's, and there's reasons for that, which we might be able to discuss later on. As we kind of went on with this, it was just more about connection, listening to this gentleman and kind of feeling him out and, and then just getting him on board with a treatment plan. And so we started off with like some diagnostics. We went on, got x-rays and rise a lot of the routine standard of care uh, type things that uh, people would do. Nothing too special showed up. Uh, we went on and did like some of his uh, diagnostic 
uh, spinal injections to kind of hone in on like a specific aspect of the spine that could have been contributing to his pain. And we were able to, you know, find where he would kind of get the biggest bang for his buck. And then we said, okay, these are a couple options that you could entertain for the long term that you could get better with. So as we were embarking on that process, we went on and got uh, blood work on him, right? To address and to help kind of figure out, is there something else going on with him on, on, a, on a more cellular or molecular level? You know, just basically like, what is his soil made of? You know, like what's happening on a deeper level? So we look at you know, nutrients, micronutrients, vitamin levels. We look at hormones and just a slew of different things that we're just looking at, like different inflammatory markers, just to kind of see, okay, maybe there's like some things in his past medical history that maybe he didn't necessarily mention because he didn't think it was important, but now some things may, you know, pop up. So we went through his blood work and lo and behold, he had a, a very low testosterone level. There was, you know, just different abnormalities with like some of his, you know, vitamin mineral levels, you know, low B12, low, you know, folate levels. His thyroid was not optimized. You know, his growth hormone levels, which is responsible for healing and being able to sleep well or being able to get into deep sleep, which is crucial for the body to heal, uh, was significantly lower. And uh, he was also showing signs of some form of, excuse me, adrenal dysfunction. So we had this discussion about, hey, well, looks like, you know, we can take you down this diagnostic process and we offer you treatment plan. And I think we could get you going in the right direction and get you better. But we could really get you optimized by getting some of these other things in place so that we're setting you and your body up for success in that you can actually get even better outcomes from the same type of procedures that maybe someone else offered you. We could do the same things or more, but if your body is more adept to handle the stress that you're about to go through, you're going to probably come out with better outcomes. So he was really intrigued and he went on and said, yeah, let's go for it. I'm ready. Like I need, I need this life change. Like this is affecting my marriage. This is affecting my business. This is affecting just all facets of my life. And I just don't really feel like going on. So we started probably almost about a year ago and, you know, we got him on some, you know, hormone optimization, IP you know, testosterone. We started doing some things to just kind of help regulate that without going into a lot of details, got him on some good supplements. We made sure like, uh, you know, we got him on a good, uh, amino acid supplement, like with the eight essential amino acids so that his body was able to create proteins without proteins, your body is just not going to get better. It's not going to heal. And you also have to have proper amounts of fat. And so I, I'm a big pusher for MCT oils, you know, medium chain triglyceride, a very uh, useful form of fat gives you a lot of energy. Um, and it doesn't necessarily clog up your arteries. Um, and it's, it's something that you need for hormone optimization. And so we started him on this whole process, doing all of these different things. You know, a couple months later, he just started feeling better. His energy levels were better. And as we were kind of going through these, uh, this diagnostic process of doing these different injections, he started noticing, Hey, I'm actually responding better to these. I'm actually feeling better. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's necessarily that, you know, that, you know, Dr. Tribe, that you're any better at these injections or anything like that, but I'm just feeling better. Right. So we went through the process and he went ahead and got, uh, you know, those, some of the long-term procedures done as we kind of went through our little algorithm. A couple months later, after the whole recovery from all of that, he basically came out and said, you know, I actually feel better than I have 
than I have in probably in the last like 15 years. I like my, my pain is 75% better. My quality of life is, is back. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm crushing my business. My marriage is better. My relationships are better and I'm, I'm grateful. And I, I just, you know, I don't know how to thank you. That's kind of a, that was kind of it in a nutshell. So types of things that you were doing, you mentioned your ordering tests and so forth. Um, I suspect since you're, you're doing some pain management too, was there anything that you thought that contributed to his success more than anything else? Or was it just a combination of everything? So it, it was, it, so I definitely believe it was a combination, but it was being able to know what to start with and how much of these, these different areas, right? I mean, you could shotgun everything and just kind of throw the whole kitchen sink at an individual, but we did do a lot of the diagnostic work and, you know, started off with a series of procedures that we thought would, you know, kind of, you know, provide the best benefit. So that, that was crucial. Right. Um, and then the other part of it was when we do these, these optimization programs, you know, we'll start with some basic nutrition or nutritional supplements to try to recruit, uh, you know, better the nutritional milieu of, of a given person, you know, amino acids, medium chain triglycerides, gut health, and so on. I mean, getting some other crucial vitamins and minerals into the individual. Um, and then, uh, he wanted to go, you know, he was a little bit more on the aggressive side. And so we got him going on, you know, hormone replacement or what I would call hormone optimization. And so we were working with that in parallel with everything else that we were doing. Um, and that was based off of some of his symptoms of, you know, lack of motivation, fatigue, memory issues, and so on. And, and during this, this course of treatment, how many times did you see him before you saw some noticeable improvements? So on average, we typically would see a person, at least from medical management, uh, about, oh, we see from medical management about once every 30 days, uh, just to make sure that things are working. And actually a quick side note too, uh, a lot of what he was on, we were able to start uh, decreasing or minimizing the polypharmacy. So we were ab actually able to get him to a point where he didn't need as much of the, the pharmacotherapy that he had previously been on. He was on different medications for pain. He was on anti-inflammatory medications. He was on different muscle relaxers, you know, things for anxiety. And a lot of those types of things we were able to either cut back or eliminate. So that was a little quick side note there. Uh, but in terms of, uh, you know, seeing a person for the diagnostic workups, they'll come in separately to come and get the injections. So I would see him on average about two or three times a month. And I would say that probably within uh, six to eight weeks, he was already starting to do better. And he was, he was very verbal about that. Like, he, hey, I'm starting to notice a difference. I'm starting to feel better. Interesting. You know, I've, I've heard that before where patients come in and they're on all sorts of medications and with a proper treatment plan from a physician, kind of be the, the quarterback, as you said, they start to eliminate. Uh, it sounds like that might be a gap in people's care to themselves is not bringing the doctor involved and trying to self-medicate. I think that's part of it, but I think also this also, I think, factors in, I think, the state of where healthcare is today, right? You know, a, a lot of, you know, things that are insurance-based, there's a lot of cuts taking place, right? And so basically you're going to be liable for more. You have to document more. Cost of the people that you work with or around with and the systems are more expensive, uh, but they're cutting all doctors' pays. In fact, Medicare just recently cut uh, everything across the board by across the board by five percent, and in certain uh, specialties or subspecialties, it might be up to eight to ten percent. 
right? So basically at this point, there's there's not, uh, at least from a, I mean, when you cut someone's money, that that's kind of taking away some incentive, right? I mean, that's just how, how things work. I mean, everything else is going up, uh, but apparently healthcare is not worth it, right? And so, right. yes, I'm kind of, I, I could really kind of go off on this and kind of get up on a soapbox and I'll try not to, uh, but my, I, I do have a problem with that, you know? And so because of that, I know there's a lot of burnout. I know there's a lot of doctors that don't feel appreciated. A lot of them are being bought out by larger entities. Um, and they're not, and they're following different, you know, there's, they're following systems that are being put in place by the powers that be, or the people that run the businesses. Right. And so there's not an opportunity to necessarily to be able to provide the type of care that some of us actually went in to actually do in the first place. You know, what we kind of set out, you know, when we took our Hippocratic oath and so on. So part of it, I think, is a systems problem. And I think also part of it is just because of like what each uh, individual doc is kind of going through, you know, if it, with respect to like burnout, just other mood disorders and things like that. Right. Stacy, did you have any questions? Yeah. I, one of my questions was, it sounds like you took a more holistic approach to the treatment. Um, is that, you know, typical to, to how you work and, and was the blood work, is that something you, you know, normally do, or is that you, you kind of said, let me take a, a different approach here. Stacy, that's an excellent question, right? So we set everybody up as best as possible, given their, you know, well, we're looking at their insurance, right? So, you know, we've got, you know, we're basically looking at, you know, where this person is, you know, socioeconomically and things like that, right? That's a part of the workup because we have to know what is going to be allowed or permitted by what their insurances will pay. I mean, we could do the whole, you know, million dollar workup for every patient, but not everybody's going to understand it, uh, appreciate it, or even be able to kind of pay for it, right? And it has nothing to do with necessarily what the provider is doing. It just has to do with what the, what the, how the system is set up today. Um, we have a separate practice running in parallel with our insurance-based practice uh, that's uh, more regenerative-based, and that's strictly a cash pay practice. And so we do, uh, we'll do some of the basic workup uh, through our pain practice and get as much as we can through insurance coverage. And then we have a discussion with the individual if we feel like they're, you know, they're wanting it, they're interested, or they're capable of being able to do so. Um, and they're committed, obviously, right. then we'll, you know, we'll talk to them about, Hey, this is what you can do, but this is what it's going to cost outside of you, what you are you know, covering for your co-pays and deductibles and so on. So again, taking all that stuff into consideration, uh, yes, we would like to be able to do it for everybody. Everybody gets a little piece of it, but some will go much further with it. And him, at, you know, being a businessman, he was ready to put it all, just put it all like out onto the table and say, yeah, just help me, help me, help me. Great. Well, that was certainly very interesting. And before we let you go, I wanted to get a little more insight on that book you talked about. If you could give us a, a quick little two-minute movie trailer uh, and then where the listening audience might be able to find it when it's out. Yes, absolutely. So I wrote a primer about a year, year and a half ago. Um, and it was, it, it was called solving the riddle of pain. Now that's not, uh, at least today it's not available to the, to the masses. It was just a little primer that I worked on and it was, uh, you know, for, you know, people local to where I live in Cincinnati, you know, for the, you know, all of our patients and things like that. Um, but it was supposed to be, it was like a little 30 page easy read, uh, with just some of my basic thoughts and philosophies on how, you know, pain should be looked at. 
uh, the series that I'm currently on now, um, it's actually, you know, we've labeled it a pandemic of pain. The one that I'm writing right now is basically all musculoskeletal uh, arthritic type pain. So for the spine, spondylosis, um, and then for just, you know, any type of joint pain. So arthritis of the shoulders, hips, knees, et cetera. Then the, the next one will be uh, either on neuropathy or nerve pain. And then we're going to probably close with uh, muscle um, or fibromyalgia type pain. And the whole purpose behind all of this is to kind of show that, okay, through the basic workups, which is what I tried to kind of paint the picture uh, with this gentleman that I just went over, is, you know, we'll, we'll cover as much as we can with, the, with what is allowed in a sense, you know, through the standard of care and what insurances are allowing. And then let's, you know, let's talk about, you know, getting a little bit deeper and being able to offer some of these other alternatives. Well, people call it alternative or complementary. To me, it's actually integral and it's probably just as important, if not more important, to be able to do this type of workup, to be able to give an individual justice. So that's essentially what the, what the, the book or the book series is about. And we actually talk about specifics in terms of the pathophysiology, like with arthritis, and then what we can do to help manage it, and then what we can potentially help to do to either slow it down and maybe even potentially reverse certain aspects of it through you know, proper nutrition, gut health, uh, hormone optimization, and then also being able to utilize uh, peptide therapies, which are just basically longer chains of amino acids uh, being put together to create what are known as peptides. Peptides are specific signaling molecules to basically elicit very specific responses to try to help with anything from like head to toe. So it could be, you know, cellular health, mitochondrial health. Um, it could be sexual health, could be hormone health. It can help with uh, healing, growth hormone, secretion. I mean, everything that you could ever imagine, but all of that stuff is still in the works. And then uh, peptides, just so, on a quick little side tidbit over there, then you, know, you can create polypeptides and then polypeptides is what then comes together to you create your proteins, which is a crucial building block uh, for any human being. And, and when will the book be available and where can our listeners uh, find it? Uh, I'm still a little bit behind. The goal is to try to finish it before the end of the year. Um, I'm not sure if that's still going to happen. Um, I'm pretty much down to just the, the conclusion, but I'm still working on it with my editor. We're hoping that once we've got it out, we're hoping to get it published through uh, Amazon. So we should be able to find this on Amazon. Great. Well, this has been a great experience for me, and I'm sure Stacy feels the same. And maybe uh, when the book comes out, we can have you back. Ah, I'd love the opportunity. That sounds awesome. Thank you, guys. Thank you for sharing your case with us today, Dr. Tayeb. We hope our listeners enjoyed the episode. And to learn more about Pacific Companies, visit us at pacificcompanies.com. Thank you to all of our listeners. If you would like to be notified when new episodes air, make sure to hit that subscribe button. And a big thank you to Pacific Companies. Without you guys, this podcast would not be possible. If you would like to be a guest, please go to www.pacificcompanies.com. Thank you.